Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. In a DLF family of podcasts, that's James the Brain. I need some bona fide haters up on Twitter, so that way I know that I've arrived, guys. So if you're listening to this and you can't stand me and you hate me, please hit me up on Twitter. It would mean a lot to me. Here's a man with some despair. That's Sam Stompy Lane. You guys, the government is trying to keep us all docile by dumping chemicals on us, also known as chemtrails. It's not working. I am John, a skill set no team needs, Hogue, and this is a Super Flex Super Show. Last week, we talked about the needs of the players coming into the NFL draft, and we brought in the big guns to help us do that. This week, though, we're back to the original trio, and we're going to talk about the team needs. This The very, very basics of the NFL draft here. It doesn't matter how good a player is if he doesn't fit on a roster. So we're going to talk about some of the fantasy relevant rookies and some teams that would actually need their services. So we can just jump right in here, boys with the quarterback position. And uh, I, I just, I want to hear a few team names of uh, some teams that you think are, would possibly, if not likely, draft a quarterback. I am feeling feisty, so I want to bring up the Denver Broncos first <laughs> and see, see where we're going with this. Look, I, I don't, I'm not sure that the Broncos are in a mar- the market this year. I, I like the fact that they have Flacco. I, I think it's actually – I'm really warming up to it. I'm warming up to that move in general, and and I kind of like it. But obviously, they, they're going to have to – I mean, Flacco's not the future, right? So do they take one this year? I know as Bronco fans, you guys would probably prefer that they wait till next year or maybe just not address the position as a whole. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, but th- this year they they may be in the market. And I know I know it's going to sting if they take one at 10, but they, they very well could. They could take a quarterback in that first round. They could wait till the second. But, I mean, overall, the number 10 pick – quarterback might go there and I know that hurts hurts you guys but um but I, I I'm really interested to hear both of your thoughts on it so Stompy what do you think I hate it at 10 um I actually so I'll say this there there are two guys I wouldn't mind for Denver and that's Kyler Murray and it's Will Greer actually uh Kyler Murray obviously 
would have to be taken at 10 likely have to be, you have to trade up into the top three if Arizona doesn't take him. But honestly, I would like, like it if they went for like Will Greer in the second, I know Will Greer's kind of down on a lot of people's lists. Um, but Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio came out uh, last week, I believe. Uh, and he has Will Greer rated as his best quarterback in this class. So, I mean, that makes me think that we're probably sleeping on Will Greer. I know you had a bad senior bowl. Is that correct, James? Yeah, his his senior bowl wasn't uh, – I, I don't know that it was bad, but it didn't help him much. But, yeah, his pro day definitely did. Yeah, but, yeah, his pro day help, looked good. He he looks good, uh, very good at times, like uh, NFL ready at times, but then there's just mistakes in there as well. But I, I, w- I would be interested in Will Greer in that second round and them going – defense in the first personally i just don't want them taking anybody like haskins daniel jones drew Locke, that early in this draft i would rather either wait until the second or wait until 2020 draft for a qb man uh i kind of go back and forth on this one because i mean i personally feel like a team should always be working towards the future a quarterback. So I do think that they should draft somebody. I do think I agree though, that the first round isn't necessarily the place to do it this year. 10 is just a kind of a bad spot to do it. You know, you're, you either have to pay a ton to move up to get Kyler Murray essentially, or, or, you know, you're, you're hoping that somebody like Daniel Jones falls to you. I I'm sure that they're still looking at drew lock. I have absolutely no doubt that John Elway does like drew lock just, just based on size. I mean, you know, we, we make fun of the, uh, we make fun of that, but I mean, it, it really seems to be the case that that's a big part of what he looks for. He wants quarterbacks who play the game the way he played the game. And it's, I, I just, I think that that's what makes Drew Locke appealing to him. I think that he sees a big strong arm quarterback with, with, you know, at least some mobility. So I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I think though that at this point they've done enough in free agency, they've done enough with the trades that I, to me, linebacker actually becomes a very glaring need for that team to a point where I think that's probably what they're doing at 10. I also wouldn't be shocked to see them go tight end. Um, and that's a, that's a position we're going to get to a little bit later. Um, but I, I, I think that at this point there are more pressing needs in the first round at quarterback, but I, I do think that they probably draft somebody at some point in the draft. Okay. You know what's funny? John and I, for how much we disagree on stuff, we very much agree on the two points he just made at linebacker and tight end. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Well, if yeah. they, here, Here's the thing. If they could get like somebody like Devin White or uh, Devin Bush, I would love that because I don't trust that Todd Davis is going to repeat what he did last season in terms of pass protection. Uh, Josie Jewel's in there should be the starter. He's good in pass protection. He's just a good all around linebacker. And if you could pair him up with a 
a an athletic linebacker like Devin White, like Devin Bush, I would love that. But I also love the tight end take, and we will talk about that here uh, in a few minutes. So, guys, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we got a lot of ground to cover. But I do want to know for for fantasy, you know, for fantasy purposes, if the Broncos take a quarterback in the first round. What is his value? And if they take him in the second round, what do you think his value is in super flex drafts? If, if they took somebody in the first round and again, I don't think that they will. I, mm-hmm. I would, I would be willing to bet a pretty penny that, that it doesn't happen in the first round. So, but if they did, I mean, I think that, that that's, you know, that, that becomes a late, Late first round to, you know, early second round pick in your super flex rookie drafts. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's not a guy who's going to get on the field right away. So, you know, that's baked into the cost a little bit. The fact that, you know, he, you get a little bit of a discount based on the fact that that guy's going to hold a clipboard for a year. But uh, I, I do think that if they were to go that early, that guy factors into the plan and maybe even gets on the field at the end of the season, you know, assuming that the Broncos aren't in playoff contention at all. Uh, you know, when the week 16 and 17 roll around and yeah, I mean, I think that this is a second year in a row where Joe Flacco is, is, uh, is, uh, sitting in, uh, in favor of a rookie quarterback, but it, it, that's only if it's a first round guy. And I can't even see that because I I just don't know how you justify putting like somebody like Drew Locke in front of Flacco. Like it made sense to me for uh, Lamar Jackson to start ahead of Flacco just because he brings a a dynamic part of his game that Flacco can't. Uh, but yeah, like Drew Locke is almost like he's a, a a more, and I don't know how much more athletic, but a more athletic Flacco um, with a big arm. But he just makes so many like bad throws. I just can't see it. So, yeah, I, I, w- I would say you have to probably draft like somebody like Drew Lock in the late first if Denver takes him in the first. Um, but if let's say they take Will Greer in the second, and I, I'd, I'd be willing to take him early second because i i like will greer more than a lot of people i'm with you on that i like will greer a lot too he's one of those quarterbacks and i'm higher on the most so yeah i okay so that's interesting to see kind of where their value would be in a super flex mock guys so um I, i'm if, if you guys don't mind i'm gonna bring up the next team that i really want to talk about because i think this team is very interesting and that's the washington redskins obviously you know they they traded for case keenum and they've They've expressed a little bit of uh, a faith in Colt McCoy, but I mean, Alex Smith was a guy they brought in and I I think his future is in doubt. Um, I don't know if they have a long-term answer, a quarterback. What is the likelihood that the Redskins take a quarterback in this draft and how high do you think they would be willing to take one? Um, And also, you know, we hear Josh Rosen's name kind of get, kind of get thrown around there. Does Josh Rosen end up in Washington? What are your guys thoughts on the Redskins? Oh, we're going to have to get to the Cardinals in a few minutes too. Speaking of Josh Rosen, but, um, so for me real quick, actually, I, I, I gotta say quick aside, I like this. 
This is nice. Not being the one driving this. This is kind of cool. I get to just kind of sit back and and throw out my takes and and uh, I can be as full of hot air as I want. I don't have to. I don't have to be on point. So this is this is nice. I'm digging this. Um, I I think that they're pretty likely to take a quarterback. Uh, I you know I think that that's the, where they're really deficient right now, especially after the amount of money that they put on the defensive side of the ball in free agency. I think kind of all that you're really missing is that future quarterback and then the wide receivers. Well, this is a class to get a wide receiver, and you can do it at any point in the draft. In fact, they could get a couple of them. So, yeah, I think you draft a quarterback and then you give him a receiver or two uh, to start bringing along, maybe even a tight end. Uh, it's a it's a somewhat deep class at tight end so that they could you know, possibly start to work towards replacing Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. Those are, those are both two pretty, pretty old players with very old bodies. So yeah, I mean this to me, that that's kind of the move for them. That's kind of where they're at is to find that future quarterback to learn behind case Keenum. And, and again, it's, it's another situation where I think they make it onto the field. If you know, late in the season, if nothing else, I don't think that case as much as I like Keenum, I, I don't think that he can lead Washington to the playoffs, especially in a what's going to be a fairly tough division. So late in the season, you're going to be able to get some reps out of that quarterback. And for that reason, I mean, the fact that he's going to get on the field in 2019, I think that that probably pushes him kind of into the mid-late first round of of superflex rookie drafts uh that's uh you know and, and it kind of depends on who it is and and what they have to do to get there but um, i think uh I, that's going to be one of the better landing spots i think james brought up the point that they are in on josh rosen at least that's the latest i heard is that they were the front runners to get josh rosen so it's very dependent on that situation. If they trade for Josh Rosen, obviously they're not drafting a quarterback. But if they don't, I definitely can see with all of the rumors surrounding Dwayne Haskins and some rumors being that he might be the fourth QB taken, I could definitely see Dwayne Haskins going to the Redskins, which I think is actually a decent fit just because the Redskins' offensive line has been – when healthy, been pretty good or or even great the last few seasons. And Haskins is not a mobile quarterback, so he needs time in the pocket. He, and, and he's not really just – he's not mobile in general. He doesn't move around a lot. So he just needs time in that pocket to be able to make his reads. So I actually don't mind if he get goes to the Redskins there. Um, and if he does, I'd be willing to take Haskins probably – that's tough. Um, I, I would say I, I'm with John. That probably has to be a late first for Haskins there. Um, but again, just really depends on what they do uh, with Josh Rosen. Yeah, no, and that that's uh, an interesting point you bring up too, Stompy. With Rosen, is obviously it's going to kind of depend on you know whether or not they're they're going to land him and you know but i john i also think you brought up a really good point that this team could look at wide receiver very early um you know maybe not early maybe 
you know, maybe multiple picks get spent on wide receiver in this draft because they need a, a, a lot of help there. And if they are planning on drafting a young quarterback, they're not doing any quarterbacks any favors there if they're not bringing in weapons and upgrading what they put around them. So uh, I think that's interesting too. I could see Washington spending a second round pick on a quarterback and, you know, a, a, a hot name, at least here for us is Will Greer. That's that's a guy who could uh, could find his way there in Washington as well. So uh, I definitely think it's interesting that that landing spot or that team. And since we're talking about Josh Rosen, maybe we should go to Arizona here and kind of talk about the Arizona Cardinals and the chances that they actually spend that number one pick on Kyler Murray and they deal Josh Rosen or or they keep Josh Rosen and still pick Kyler Murray. And uh, I know John feels some sort of way about that being possibly the right move, but uh, what, what are the chances that they, they take a quarterback and what are the chances that they take Kyler Murray one overall? I, it's pretty high to me that they take Kyler Murray. Uh, really? Just, there's so much smoke there. Like I, there's so much smoke and I get it. And that's where the uh, word smoke screen comes from. But, I just, to me, it's Cliff Kingsbury knows what to do with those mobile quarterbacks. Uh, he had Baker for a season. He had Mahomes um, for a couple seasons. And I think that he might just want a fresh start with Kyler Murray. Um, and especially with that offensive line the way it is, I, I just don't know how Rosen – excels there unless they build that offensive line. So I don't know if they trade him necessarily, but I just think that they will bring in Kyler Murray. There's just too much smoke for me. I hate it a lot, but at the same time, I get where John's coming from is bring in two young guys, see which one um, or have them compete and see which one comes out on top. But I, there's, there are several places I would rather see Josh Rosen. I mean, New England, New England's a perfect example. He could sit a year behind Tom Brady, learn that uh, offense. Uh, I think the Redskins are actually a decent fit. They don't have the wide receivers right now or the pass catchers right now, but they have the offensive line to protect him. There are just so many good fits right now with teams that need a young quarterback that I think it would be in the best interests of Rosen to move, but I just don't know what the Cardinals are going to do with him. So I think that's my question to you guys, actually. So because we've attacked this from a few different point of views, we, we've talked about Kyler Murray and, you know, potentially just being by far the best quarterback in this draft. Um, and, you know, one of what, therefore, one of the best players available at 1.01. You know, they're, they're still a couple of the pass rushers and then, you know, Quinn and Williams on the interior D line. But from, from an NFL standpoint, I mean, you're, you start with the quarterback position. So from that, from that point of view, it, it kind of makes sense to, to bring in Kyler Murray. We've also talked about, you know, the, we've, we've also talked about what they should do as far as, you know, if you're going to draft Kyler Murray, you keep Josh Rosen and you find out which of the two is going to be your franchise quarterback. You know, you don't want to just go all in on one guy because, you know, you just saw what happens when you do that. 
you end up in a situation where you don't feel totally comfortable. So, you know, why not, why not find out which is the guy? We've talked about that one quite a bit. What we haven't talked about a whole lot, though, and I want to get both of you guys' take on this, is, is Josh Rosen really that bad of a fit for Arizona? Is it really time for them to give up on Josh Rosen? Like, where, where's the logic in that? Do, is there any? Do you guys feel like that's the right move, is to move on from Josh Rosen? You know, regardless of, of what you do with Kyler Murray, is it is this a reasonable, logical move for them to 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 try and move on from Josh Rosen after one season? No, I, I personally, to me, it isn't, and and this is the whole reason why I have trouble believing that Arizona is going to do this. And it, Snoppy's absolutely right. There is a lot of smoke there. There's a lot of chatter about it, and and it I could very well end up being you know, completely wrong by, you know, this time next week, uh, you know, that they, they could have already made a deal. Um, but to me, it's a, it's a total failure by the Arizona Cardinals front office. If they do this after one season to take Josh Rosen in the first round and then to give up on him and to, tr- to trade him it is, is a total failure. And here's how, because when you bring in a new coach, one of the, the most important things is how they're going to develop the young talent that you already have on your roster. And if they talked to Cliff Kingsbury and they hired him, even though he wasn't sold that he could turn Josh Rosen into a starting quarterback, a, a high-level starting quarterback, then it's a total fail. It, it, that was a failure by the Arizona front office to even bring him in. And if he is sold on Josh Rosen, then give what – let him prove it. Let him prove what he told you, you know, in the interviews to get the job that he could turn Josh Rosen into a, you know, a more than serviceable quarterback. Let him do it, you know, and, and, and turn that pick into assets. So to me, I still think this is a smoke screen. If it isn't, I, I, you know, and they, and they take both quarterbacks, that'd be great. If, and, you know, and keep them both and compete, like you said, John, that makes sense to me. Um, but if they don't and they deal Rosen, uh, to me, it's it's a it's a total signal of of a failure by that front office. To be honest, oh, that's such a good point. Really, I, I hadn't even thought about it in those terms. I hadn't even, you know, gone that far back. But you know, this it it's a it's a young coach. It's not even, you know, it's it's not like Bill Belichick just became available or Pete Carroll just became available, and you went and hired that guy. You know, it's not you're not bringing somebody in who has, you know, the the type of capital from a, a long successful career in the NFL, who can reasonably come in and say, "All right, I, I I can't work with this quarterback." Like this is you you took a chance on this guy from the college level, yeah. It, part of part of him succeeding at this level is is him developing the quarterback that you just drafted last year. Yeah, so that that's that's such a good point. I hadn't even thought about it. If 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 he if he wasn't interested in working with your you know your second year quarterback, then don't hire him. So yeah, I I really like that one. But wouldn't you call it already a failure by that front office for hiring Steve Wilkes, hiring Mike McCoy, firing Mike McCoy after week six, week seven? Firing Steve Wilkes after one week or one year, wouldn't that just be 
a failure in itself. And I mean, then what is just trading away Josh Rosen then? Right. Isn't it just basically hitting the reset button? Yeah. Uh, I mean, somewhat there, there's just a, there's kind of a difference in, you know, between the head coach and the quarterback. I mean, especially when you draft the quarterback in the top 10, you know, you you've regardless of who the coaching staff, who's on the coaching staff, you still have to see, you have to, you have to take a, a full look at what you just drafted, you know? Whereas I, I agree with you. I mean, they made a bad hire with Steve Wilkes. They made a terrible hire with me, with Mike McCoy. Mm-hmm. And we don't know for sure that they made a good hire here with Cliff Kingsbury. But I mean, the, the coaches kind of come and go for the most part, but the, the quarterback is that, you know, that that's the constant pursuit is to find that quarterback who's going to be there regardless and who's going to be successful and put you in a position to win regardless of who the head coach is. So, you know, it, it, it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either to, to, to give up on, on the guy that you just drafted. And I agree, Stompy. I think, you know, you brought up some good points. Those are failures on that front office. Absolutely. But I think they have to, they they should learn their lesson. And I think you're doing the exact opposite. If you're bringing in another coach that has, I mean, this guy has no experience, you know, really in the NFL coaching an NFL team. And then you're going to let him also dictate your roster. Like to me, that's super dangerous. Like John said, it, it would be one thing if you, you know, you brought in Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll, like you landed, you know, a guy who knows what he's doing and has has shown and established himself in the NFL game to be able to make those calls. But to do it with a young guy like this, to me, is I mean, now you're now you're investing even more in in the value of this head coach and you haven't been able to evaluate you know the last one with Steve Wilkes very well so um I I think you're right it's definitely a failure but I I think you're digging yourself a deeper hole by doing it this way if that makes any sense I so I actually heard a good argument from I believe Sigmund Bloom I don't know if it was on the couch or the audible but he basically said why if you're going to dictate what that coach can and can't do why even bring him in in the first place why even fire the previous regime and bring in this young head coach who has a a probably probably a very different style than mike mccoy why bring him in if you're going to tell him no these are the guys that you have to work with well yeah and that that's that's an interesting point but i think you know there's different levels you know of of, of nfl you know hierarchy and, and, you know, there's a reason for that. I mean, I, you know, uh, there are some coaches that are GMs as well, Bill Belichick being one of them, that that can make those personnel decisions. And I think a good GM will listen to their head coach and we'll, we'll see what he needs. But when it comes to, you know, a quarterback that we just drafted a year before and we don't really even know what we have in him, to let him dictate that. Uh, and and if he – now, if he, obviously, you're right. I mean, you, you know, if you have faith in him succeeding, you, ultimately you have to kind of – cater to him but at the same time you know i first off again how did he land this job did he tell them that josh rosen isn't their quarterback of the future i i find that hard to believe i find i'm pretty i i, I would bet that to get this head coaching job josh rosen uh, he had to um 
uh, Cliff Kingsbury had to have said, hey, you know what, I can turn Josh Rosen into, you know, a, a, a good quarterback and good NFL starting quarterback, you know, by doing this and this and this, and we're going to continue to grow, you know, and, and, and do whatever. I, but if you don't give him a chance to show that, you know, and you're just going to right away, just go, Hey, you know what? He likes this guy better. Let's, let's go get him. I mean, to me, you're doing yourself a disservice, not to mention the fact that value of that pick is so high. Think about what you can get for the 1.01. I mean, I, I think you could you're you're passing up a huge opportunity here and you're really putting all your eggs into, you know, a head coach and and a quarterback and if if it works great, you know, you, you look excellent and you set yourself up for years, but if it doesn't work um and Josh Rosen goes elsewhere and has success and Kyler Murray doesn't and Kingsbury's not your head coach in 2 years, uh that front office is gone. <laughs> and and I don't know that another job's coming. So, I mean, it's risky in my opinion. That's that's what I'll say. All right, so let me lay out a scenario here for you guys. So I've got another one here that's uh, that's very similar. So there's actually two potential scenarios here. So Arizona drafts first overall. They take a defensive player. Cooler heads, you know, reason and common sense finally prevail, and the Cardinals go with, you know, Nick Bosa, for instance. San Francisco 49ers are at number two. New York Jets are at number three. They both have quarterbacks. They're both fairly set at the position. In fact, we know that they're not going to take one. So that means Kyler Murray is falling down the draft board. And there at number four is the Oakland Raiders. Another scenario is from number four, it's a fairly easy jump up to number one. I mean, it's still expensive, but, you know, in that very well could be what Arizona is doing here by threatening to take Murray is, you know, creating that extra value to make it that much more expensive for for the Raiders, for instance, to make the move up to number one to take Kyler Murray. So there are two possible scenarios there where the Oakland Raiders are the ones in a position to take to take Kyler Murray. To me, this is similar it's not quite the same because you know we've seen a fair amount of Derek Carr to a point where you know it, where none of us are sold on the idea that Josh Rosen is not a good NFL quarterback I, I I think that there's still quite a bit of hope on this podcast for Josh Rosen I'm not so sure about Derek Carr though <laughs> I I am I think that that the brain man and you know in particular uh, is going to be um, the first to to say Oakland should move on from Derek Carr. So, but do you guys think that that's a, a reasonable possibility? And do you think that that should be a move that they make? Do you think quarterback is a, a glaring need for the Oakland Raiders or if it's more of a, a luxury type of thing? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a glaring need. Um, I, they just have so many needs that I don't know it's one of it, that it's one of their top priorities. However, they have three picks in the first round, I think, and four in the first 35 or five in the first 50 or something like that. I mean, it, they have a ton of picks and they have a ton of picks early to where, you know, eventually you can maybe take a luxury pick here and there. And I know that, like I said, they have a lot of holes, but mm -hmm. they did a lot in free agency and trading for Antonio Brown and, you know, signing Tyrell Williams. Some of the other things they've, they've done to address some of the needs that they have to where, you know, you can, you can start taking some luxury picks. So it, it's definitely, it, it, it's interesting because if Kyler Murray is there at four, 
boy, Oakland definitely has a decision, but I'm telling you right now, I think if this happens and uh, I think the Giants are tripping over themselves to try to get that two, three, or four for sure. Um, because I don't think the cost would be very high um, to go down to, you know, to go up to four from, from what eight, I think they're at. Um, I think they could probably, could probably swing something like that. So if the Raiders don't see that, you know, don't see Kyler Murray as a fit for them or don't see that as being a top need, uh, I think, you know, they could get even richer in this scenario if that plays out, because I think the Giants would definitely be willing to pay to get Kyler Murray. I think it, it really just depends on what we think John Gruden's mindset is or his philosophy is. Are, are they, does he feel like with this draft, they could be ready in a couple years? Um, if not, then I, I doubt that they go QB here, but I, it's going to be tough to pass up Murray at four there, uh, just because they, Carr had that one good season. They need a playmaker. They need somebody to get the ball to Antonio Brown, to Tyrell Williams. And they have two other picks. They have three firsts, right? So they have two other picks in the first round that they can mm-hmm. other needs, I believe, on defense. Uh, so I... <laughs> I honestly think if Kyler is not picked one overall, I think he goes at four to the Raiders just because with all of the indications from last season about with, with Gruden and cars, uh, not chemistry, but I, I guess the relationship, I, I just don't know how they don't pass up Kyler Murray, who is far and away the best quarterback in this, in this draft. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think his his draft capital and his draft value is going to be rated as such. So yeah, that's it, you could absolutely be right. Like you said, I mean they they've got a lot of picks. They can start spending some luxury. I just don't know if the first round is it. But um, no, I, Kyler Murray is is a guy that you know if if you if you need a quarterback, that's the guy that you want, right? In this class, I think there's a lot of question marks around everybody else and everyone's in, in a lot of NFL GM's eyes. So. Uh, I think that would be the guy that they would want. Absolutely. So um, guys, if you don't mind, I'd like to move on to another team. And there's one other team I really want to talk about in detail and the rest of them, we could probably go through pretty quick here, but the giants, that's, that's kind of who I just mentioned at eight. Um, the giants, you know, Eli Manning has, they've been trotting Eli Manning out for a while. I know uh, that, that, that front office is still saying that Eli Manning, you know, should be, you know, he's going to be the starter next year, you know, and, and, and that's all well and good, but, does that put them out of the quarterback market? Um, and if they do take a quarterback, do they take one in the first round or where do you think they take them? Uh, John, what do you think? I think it might depend a little bit on who's there, you know, and kind of what you guys were just talking about with Kyler Murray and with Oakland, you know, I, I think that Oakland would have a hard time passing up on Kyler Murray. I, I think that they still believe that they're in win now mode, and that's why they made the move for both Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. And I think that Kyler Murray is a guy who he's he's probably the only one in this class who starts from day one and gives you a chance to 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 win, you know, to to make somewhat of a playoff push. So 
and I think that the Giants, believe it or not, are probably in a pretty similar situation. Uh, as much as their their offseason has looked a little bit like a fire sale, you know, they still bring in Golden Tate. You know, that's not that's not a, a long term move right there. Uh, they they've got Saquon Barkley and we know the realities with running backs. We know that his shelf life is limited just because of the nature of the position that he plays. And therefore you've got to capitalize on what you've got with him right now by putting a team around him that can compete. And I think that Kyler Murray gives him the best chance to do that. So, you know, if you, if you, if you think that you can win now and you've got a chance to take Kyler Murray, I think you have to do it. And I think that that's, that's kind of where the giants are. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that was a fair take that, that, you know, there's a chance that they try and leapfrog past the Raiders to make sure that they get Murray beyond that. I, I don't know if any of these guys is necessarily better than what they've got behind Eli Manning right at the moment. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, and I'll, you you guys know the rookies better than I do. So I guess I'll throw it out to you guys. You know, what a Daniel Jones or a, or a Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins, does that do more for you than, than, you know, Eli Manning and Kyle Laletta? God. Um, Yes. Daniel. I don't know about Daniel Jones. Not really for Daniel Jones. Uh, Haskins. Yes. Drew Locke. Yes. Will Greer. Yes. But I think you made a good point is like, are they going to waste the years of Saquon Barkley here? Like that's a valid question. Yeah. Cause it seems like that's the way they want to go. Well, and, and actually, no, I don't, I don't, I can't say that because you just signed a 30 year old golden Tate. So I don't even know what they're doing. Right. Because they just traded away one of the top three receivers in the game, which to me says, Oh, we're, we're, we're rebuilding. We're just going to start selling off our assets. But then you signed golden Tate. Who's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You, like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. You recommit to Eli Manning. Yeah, like you know, it, it, it what thirty eight years old. It none of this makes sense from that front office because like right. you're absolutely wasting Saquon Barkley because and as much of a running back guy as I am, I, I know age cliffs exist. So let's say it takes two three years to rebuild and get back. I mean, you're talking twenty five years old. You have no idea what could have happened in those three or two or three years to his body that would have broken him down. Like you just, and and I think we've all said this in the real NFL, you cannot build around running backs. You build around a quarterback mm-hmm. and they are not doing that. Yeah. I think it's tough to think about the giants and to think sensical because that just doesn't seem to be the way that they're thinking these days. And that's, that's the issue for me. First off is that, you know, you, you can think, you know, the, man, you know, looking at the Giants, it makes sense if they do this, this, and this. But I don't think they do anything that seems to make sense, at least lately. Uh, so, you know, when when you look at them, it's really hard to evaluate what their team needs are because I don't think they evaluate what their team needs are very well. And, and maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's just my opinion on them. Um, but as far as Kyle Loretta goes, you know, it, it's really interesting. It just seems like 
that coaching staff and, and that that front office aren't aren't sold on Waleta. I they don't, they don't even seem like they want to give those guys a chance that are behind EY. And that's the problem is that I I feel like they don't they, they're not confident that they have an answer for what happens when we move on from EY. And so it's safe and it's, you know, th- that's why you have to say what you have to say that EY is our starting quarterback next year. And even if you draft a guy, you know, you don't want to throw him out there and I I'm higher on Daniel Jones than most are. Um, I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he's an okay player. I like Locke more, um, and I think Locke would be a very nice fit there. I'm sorry, Bobby Koch. I know that you're listening. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not going to be happy with this. But, uh, but Hashtag I, Team James no more. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's been hashtag Team James for a few episodes now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, really. here, but, uh, <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, I, I, I really like uh, – Daniel Jones and Jake Locke, but I, I'm not sure that the Giants would take them at eight. Uh, I almost feel like the Giants are in either trade up or trade back. And if they're going to trade up, they're going to trade up for Kyler Murray, in my opinion. And if they trade back, I think they're trading back for Daniel Jones, you know, and they can probably get him. No, I think they would trade to about 14 um, and no further back because I think if Washington's there at 15 and, you know, those top three, you know, and Haskins is gone by chance. Um, then I think I think Washington might might be targeting Daniel Jones. So uh, I I think the Giants may be you know uh, one of those teams to watch on draft day because they might they might be moving. So uh, but yeah, I guess my answer, John, is that uh, I do like both those guys uh, and and some other guys that Stompy mentioned like Will Greer uh, more than I like uh, Kyle Waletta and, and even Haskins I like more than Waletta um, just based on the fact that I don't think the Giants are going to give Waletta any opportunity. So we're never going to see really what he is, uh, at least not as a giant, I don't think. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I I think that the the major takeaway here is that Kyler Murray is the guy. He's the juice is worth the squeeze with him. the The rest of these guys, I mean, we could, you know, it, it's possible, but you you would way rather see a team move back if they're going to take one of these other guys. But Kyler Murray is, is the guy that you kind of, you, you kind of change your plans if you've got the ability to get him. So uh, let's, uh, let's finish off the quarterback position by shotgunning a few of these. And what I'm going to ask from you guys is on a scale of one to 10, what do you think is the likelihood that they take a quarterback? I'm going to give a, just a little bit of context. I don't think that we need a ton of discussion otherwise, um, but we're just kind of curious on a few of these teams, uh, w- what you think the likelihood is uh, that they're that they're going to take a quarterback. So let's start at let's start with New England. I mean, it, you know what, 40, 41 year old quarterback, you at some point you have to start looking to the future. Maybe there's a trade for Josh Rosen coming. Um, it seems like the most likely scenario. They have a ton of picks. So it seems like the the New England Patriots could be a candidate to take a quarterback. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I think I'd say seven. I think I think they're pretty likely to take one. I agree, seven. I just, but it might be in the later round. Somebody like Easton Stick, or I I would love Will Greer there too. The fact that they have twelve picks too um, just improves the chances that they're going to take one. Yeah, yeah, that seems about. I was thinking more like nine. It's almost a a slam dunk that they take somebody, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, pretty good odds. What about Miami? That's a nine for me. Uh, I'll give them a nine. I think uh, e- even with their, uh, their plan, the, the, 
the tank type of plan. I, I still think that they take somebody this year um, just to make sure that they get a, ca- a quarterback for next year. So, yeah, I, I think it's very high. I think nine. So I'm going to say like three here because I still th- I think they're aiming for next year. I, I do think it's possible they take like a late round quarterback, but like any of like the notable names, I don't think they're they're looking at. So I'm going to say like a three. Yeah, that uh, uh, as much as I hate that, <laughs> it's it does seem like what they're trying to do. Although, I mean, they might just need a quarterback just for depth. So it's it's possible that they take somebody that they don't necessarily think is is going to be the future of this team. They're still looking to 2020. Um, so I, I'm going to say somewhere around five. What about the there's there's two of them here. To me, one is more likely than the other, but they're both kind of in a similar situation here. Pittsburgh and the L.A. Chargers, both of them have aging quarterbacks. Pittsburgh did just take Mason Rudolph last year, but, you know, if they're if they're not that could have been the same thing. They could have been looking just for that bench depth. And now is time to to look for the future of the position. So what do you guys think about Pittsburgh and the L.A. Chargers? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Pittsburgh, to me, is a two. I, I don't think that they're very likely to take one. However, it is interesting that when Big Ben did miss time, it was, it, you know, it wasn't, they didn't throw Mason Rudolph in there. So I don't know what, the, I know it's just his first year, but I don't know what that says about, you know, if, if they're sold on him or not, as far as, you know, when Ben goes, you know, is, is Mason Rudolph that guy? Um, and the Chargers, to me, I'm, it's my only 10 on the list. I'm saying it's a 10. I think it's almost a slam dunk that they take someone, especially when we hear that there's three teams that have made offers for Rosen and the Chargers were one of them. I think it tells you that they definitely want a, a game plan in place for when Philip Rivers does retire, and they'd rather do it sooner rather than later. So to me, I think I think it's a slam dunk the Chargers are taking a quarterback in this draft. I'm going to agree with James, too, for Pittsburgh. I just not, – not with how- – I mean, they didn't spend first-round draft capital, but I believe they spent second-round draft capital on Mason Rudolph. So I, I don't think they're going to spend more on that. And then Chargers, I still think it's like a four or five. I just – with this class, I think the idea that they're trading or they want to trade for Josh Rosen speaks more about how they feel about this class than they do than it does about them needing a quarterback. I think – Picking Josh or picking up Josh Rosen and learning under Philip Rivers would be great for them, um, but I don't know if they necessarily feel that way about the rest of the quarterbacks in this class. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, how about New Orleans? That's another one with an aging quarterback, and in fact, forty years old Drew Brees. They did just re-sign Teddy Bridgewater, but uh, I believe it was to a shorter deal. So, it, how likely is New Orleans? to go after a rookie quarterback in you guys' opinion? Yeah, I'll say it's a four. Um, I, I, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit before uh, we started recording here and Stompy made some good points, even though Teddy Bridgewater is only on a one-year deal. Uh, you know, he did decide to resign there overtaking, you know, from what we've heard was a starting offer in Miami. Um, and so, you know, it, it all signs point to the fact that Teddy Bridgewater wants to be there and be the the eventual successor to Drew Brees. The only problem is that New Orleans has to worry that, you know, af- after this year, 
you know, if Breeze comes back, they probably lose Teddy. So then do they wait till next year to draft a quarterback or do they do one and be proactive this year? So that's why I'll give it a four. Um, but I think Stompy made some good points when he was talking to me earlier. So I'll, I'll turn it over to him. He can, uh, he can take the four here. I, I think it's a one. I just, you already mentioned my belief here. It's, Teddy, Teddy had the chance to be Miami, Miami's starting quarterback. He turned that down for New Orleans to sit behind Drew Brees. I just have a feeling that this was much like, you know, the McDaniels situation, uh, Josh McDaniels situation with Indianapolis and New England is that they brought him back saying that he will have the chance to be the head, next head coach of the New England, England Patriots. I still, I, I think that's the case here in New Orleans. I think they basically promised Teddy that, and 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 I think it's it's a valid point about the one year deal. But I I also think that they brought him back with the intention that you're going to be the next um, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. But if you don't want to wait around another year, if he just if Breeze decides to come back, then you have your out because you're only signed for one year. So I definitely think it's a one at this point in time. All right, now I've got a few for you who, that are some dark horses, and I think that they get a little, a little more dark horsey, dark horsey. Yeah, I guess I just, I might have just made that up, but we're gonna roll with it uh, as we go down this list. Last three teams. So the first one's Tampa Bay. We've talked a lot about Jameis Winston. I personally don't think that Bruce Arians is going to feel comfortable with Jameis is the starting quarterback of this team going forward. They picked up his fifth-year option. He's going into a walk year after this season unless they extend him. It, this this easily, if, if they felt super comfortable, I think that they would have extended him beyond that fifth year. So what do you guys think about the, the possibility of Tampa Bay drafting a quarterback? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say it's a three. I, I don't think it's it's all that high only because I think – I think Arians is going to want to build up some other parts of that roster, and uh, while they're they're you know healthy at uh, at wide receiver and and tight end, it sounds like they're not sold on the running back core. Don't get me started on that. I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to go into that, uh, but it, it sounds like they're gonna, they're probably going to need to add to that. That offensive line needs help, and the defense needs a lot of help too. Um, they've got some some playmakers on that defensive side, but they've also got some holes. So. I, I don't think it's likely that they spend a pick on a quarterback this year, um, but you're right. I mean, that that could be something coming down the line next year for sure. I'm going to go with two. I just, I think whether, whether I like uh, Winston or not, and I really don't, I think he's going to do okay in Arians offense. I mean, we've seen what Arians can do with an offense with a not, not stellar offense. I guess on paper um, and he has a lot more weapons here. And I just think that Arians will be able to play to Winston's strengths. So I'm, I, I, I don't think I, I believe Arians when they, when he says that he's the quarter, he's the uh, Tampa Bay quarterback, man, I think this one's a sneaky six, but what about Tennessee? I know you guys hate Marcus Mariota. It makes absolutely no sense to me, but there it is. So it same situation. He's uh, he's headed into a walk year, too. I believe they did just trade for Ryan Tannehill, but I, I at the at the very worst, 
I think that you you'd have to acknowledge that Mariota and Tannehill are on pretty level footing. So what about the possibility of just completely wiping the slate clean in Tennessee? Well, I hate the strong word, first off. All right. I don't I don't hate <laughs> you hate him. Right? Well that but I, I uh yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan. I'll put it that way. But no, I, I still I think this is like a one. Um, and, and really, it has nothing to do with my thoughts on Mariota. It has more to do with the fact that this offense, it seems like they want to build around the running game. They want to build around Derrick Henry. They want to spend their draft capital on bulking up the line and really helping that defense out and becoming a ball control offense that can stop people. And I, I think that's going to be their success for or their recipe for success. So I don't know the quarterback, you know, is is going to be an area they address, especially when they went out and signed Tannehill um, this year, at least. I don't think that's something that they'll address. I agree. And I think with a serviceable quarterback in Tannehill behind him, I, they just, they don't need to uh, invest high draft capital on quarterback this season. And by the way, I am not going to ever say that Winston, and I don't like Winston. I'm not going to say that Mariota's on equal footing with Jameis Winston. Oh, Marcus Mariota is way better than Jameis Winston. No, good I was God! Talking, I was good talking about Mariota and Tannehill. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Tannehill's I might have misspoke. Mariota. Tannehill's better than Mariota. Oh, you're you're so nuts, and we don't even have time for this. We don't have time for this. Why? Okay, next one. <laughs> We're gonna move on. I'm gonna pull pull myself together. Recenter myself here. Goose Fraba. All right, one more. Seattle. This is a, su a super, super dark horse. But here's the reality. Russell Wilson also headed into a contract year. There have been there have already been rumors of, you know, possibly trading him. Uh the, you know, the possibility that he wants to play in New York. Now, I I don't know how much you want to buy into that, but they haven't got a deal done. They haven't been able to to uh, they haven't been able to extend his contract yet. That those talks are going to be ongoing. I mean, one way that you could definitely apply some pressure if you're Seattle, it would be to draft a quarterback and you know let let Wilson know that you know we're prepared to move on if we have to. Is is that a realistic possibility to you guys? No, I, I don't think so. I I think when you look at the Seattle team, and you know what though, here's the thing, John. I'll, I'll I'm going to give it a two because I don't think that there's no chance. I just don't think it's a, a very good chance. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing: is that when it when it comes to Seattle, a you look at that team and the team needs. I mean, they have other team needs, right? I mean, they they could draft several other positions. They I mean, if they're drafting for need, that's what they can do. The problem with Seattle is, is that they don't always draft for need. And, I mean, they shocked so many people last year by taking Rashad Penny in the first round um, that it, it's it's kind of hard for me to, to figure what Seattle's thinking or what they're going to do. Um, I think it's a good way to look at the draft, though, by looking at those guys that are coming into contract years and looking at their cap situation and how likely they are to re-sign that, that player. 
and then kind of projecting who they might take because I think you see that a lot in the NFL. Um, you know, a team will take someone and you go, well, yeah, but they got this guy. Oh, wait, he's in a contract here. Oh, yeah, their cap situation's nasty. Um, so I, I think that there's there's definitely a chance. I just don't think it's a very good chance. Uh, but I could see them drafting somebody late too, you know, a later project type quarterback. Um, so that way they don't, you know, maybe that helps them not have to sign Russell Wilson to a long-term deal. You know, maybe they have a little bit of leverage and uh, we can only sign you to a one or two year deal and still be okay because, you know, by then this guy will be ready. You know, I, I don't know, but um, I still don't think it's a very good chance they take one. So I'll, I'll say two. What about you, Stompy? I, I can't, I can't believe they would do that. Like that would mean John Schneider goes from, executive of the year like several years ago to one of the worst in the league i just can't believe that they would let go of basically a superstar quarterback i mean what he did last season for that team i don't think you can put into words just because he was so efficient and if that efficiency didn't exist i don't think they make the playoffs I just I, I can't believe that they would put invest that type of capital when they have holes on defense that they need to plug. They have holes on the offensive line that they need to plug. I'm this is this is almost a zero to me. I just there's no way that they would do that. Well, plan B is Paxton Lynch, so I I yeah. I, <laughs> I think you got to put a one. I would not. Want okay. I, so here's the thing. My scales are like, okay, they could invest like a six round pick on a QB. Fine. Uh huh. I'm, I'm thinking like, there's not, they're not, there's no way they're going to invest a significant amount, amount of draft capital to bring in a quarterback. So in I'm just a, like in a guy who not. would challenge to start. That's correct. Yeah. But yeah. Which, yeah. Which is totally fair. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that one, I'm, I am kind of curious how that's going to play out. I mean, I think that this is all cat and mouse as far as extending the contract, um, but just the the rumors of a possible trade, the rumors of of you know yet another player saying that he wants to be in New York. It, it just when I when I hear that, I, and I'm a little bit snake bit as a fan of Denver teams, having seen that with Carmelo Anthony, totally different sport, but same scenario. That stuff starts to it it, it 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 piques my attention, I suppose. But we need to get to some of these other positions so we can actually get through all four of them this week. So we're gonna spare you the anguish of a two-hour podcast without a break and split this into two episodes, the quarterbacks and all the rest. So we'll be right back with part two of this discussion. Look for that episode now. But before we go, we have a very special announcement to make. Exciting stuff as the Super Show goes live for the first, second, and third time during the NFL Draft. We'll bring on some of our super friends as special guests as we analyze the draft from the Super Flex perspective, live on YouTube, in real time, during the first round, the third round, and following the seventh round. It's a full three days of Super Flex activity, and we'll be there on the front lines breaking it down. So join us for the live discussion as the new crop of superstars of Superflex burst onto the scene. More info to come. Be right back. 